Today on the Dynasty Rewind, we talk some off-season hype scenarios and play buy, sell, hold, all that and more, starting now. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. Joined, as always, by my faithful co-host, we got Chevin Nooney. What is up, Chev? We are back for another week. I am excited for this one. My mic is not muted. It's Nate's birthday. Yes. It's going to be some heat tonight. I got a feeling. It's going to be fun. And that is why I introduced him last. Joined <laughs> by the professor slash birthday boy, Nate Christian. Nate, what is up? Oh, man, I'm excited to be here. There's nothing like podcasting on your birthday. There's no better way to spend, you know, your birthday evening. You know, Sean spent his anniversary a couple a couple weeks ago on the podcast. My birthday's on the podcast. We don't stop this for anything. Can't stop, won't stop. My next birthday is on a Tuesday as well. So I will be here go. joining you guys. But, you know, my birthday is going to be on a Tuesday at the end of January. So, like, what? <laughs> what am i gonna do with that right like i don't care i'd rather be doing this i'd rather be talking to you guys nate before we get into it how old are you i am 28 so if i was a running back you'd be dropping me in your rankings <laughs> Prime well, like, receiver, though. <laughs> like i told you today you're still the 102 you never asked me who the 101 is it's my little girl sorry she's still the 101 to me but at least you what's that oh yeah it's true well, I don't know. I talk to you more than I talk to her half the time. You know how it is when you're when you're a parent, like you're so focused on just getting through the day sometimes you just or you're just married. Sometimes you get so busy. Like I actually get to converse with Nate. I don't really get to talk to my wife. As I, much as you back. I should yeah, I should probably do something about that. So we have to decide what are we going to do with Nate Christian? Are we going to buy him, sell him or hold him? Are we hype about Nate? I am. He's not going anywhere. We're going to keep him around for a while. If you think he aged out, then I'm definitely out of the league. That is for sure. <laughs> well, let's get into it. We're going to talk about some off-season news and hype scenarios, okay? There's a lot of things that get talked about a lot, and you need to be able to filter through these things and make strong, accurate decisions on what to do for your fantasy rosters. Are we buying or selling that hype? And with all that in mind, what are we going to do with these players as far as value-wise? So let's get into it. Mike use new vertical format. Yes. Okay. Well, I did that. Great. Um, I forgot last time. Sorry, Bob. Let's talk about Javante Williams. I believe a few weeks ago I said I was all in on Javante Williams and everyone's like, you're wilding. Well, guess what? He is on track to play week one of the regular season. Boom. He's returning from an ACL tear and other injuries sustained in week four of the 2022 season. So we buying the hype. Is this a sign to buy him, or is it a prime opportunity to sell out given the positive hype and what we know about players' performance in the year following an ACL tear? I think it's dependent on your team, personally, but birthday boy, Professor, let's go to you. Yeah, Javante Williams right now, not a guy I'm necessarily going after, but I'm also not selling. Okay. Um, I, I, I like Javante long-term, but we, we know with the running backs post-ACL, you know, the production is not there. But I will say... Javante Williams looks like he's on track for week one. Looks like he is doing pretty well in offseason drills. Jeff Mueller on Twitter 
um, at JM Thrive PT. You know, he talks about how Javante Williams is actually four months ahead of where J.K. Dobbins was last year. We saw Dobbins take a while to get into the season. Javante Williams, you know, one of the worries was, is he going to be on the pup? Is he going to be able to start week one? It looks like even if he doesn't start week one, he's going to be available within the first couple of weeks. He's not going to be on the pup, it looks like, at this point. So that's a good sign. So if I have to do one of these two, I am buying. I'm going to be buying Javante Williams. I'm willing to throw a 2024 first out there. Um, absolutely to go get Javante Williams for my team if I need some running back depth. He's not going to be super usable for me in the first couple of weeks, but uh, Jeff on Twitter saying that he expects him to be startable for fantasy by week eight. You know, as long as we have that time in mind, Javante Williams long-term, the next two or three years, still a top running back. I'm, I'm happy to have, especially with this offense. More. I'm going to tell you that I agree with you as far as the hold scenario, I think is the best case scenario here. But mm-hmm. I think there's some situations where Javante Williams makes sense to buy. If I'm not a competing team and if I'm a mid-level team, but I'm looking to kind of turn my my fortunes around a little bit, get things on the upswing. I want a player like Javante Williams. Um, Chev, you and I did that fantasy wildcard mm-hmm. um, live stream. And yes. I, you know, I offered up a roster review. So I'm doing the roster review now. And I will tell you this. It is the definition of a tank. Like they are shipping it to Eastern Europe right now. That's how tank mode this thing is. But he has seven 24 first and a look at in a 12 team league he has 11 24 seconds wow my goodness so i'm you know i'm piecing together a way that you can move some of these these picks because you don't want all rookies on your team next year get players like javante williams so if i have a team like that that's terrible and i know i'm not going to compete i want a guy like javante williams if i think it's a lock that i'm looking to be in the playoffs i don't want to wait until week eight Mm-hmm. I'd be happy with 24 first too, especially if I'm a bad team and I have multiple first. No problem at all spending that on Javante Williams. Chev, agree, disagree. I agree. I, I mean, I think we're going to see Samaj P. Ryan a little bit through the first weeks taking the load off of him. I think he's going to be kind of a slow pace for him going going from the beginning of the season. But as we move forward to week five, week week eight, we're going to see a lot of Javante Williams and what he did the first few weeks last season where he just caught passes, rushing attack that is just a bully mentality running with the football. Honestly, if I'm a competing team and I'm going for a championship, I am 100% going to be giving up a first for Javante Williams. I feel like that's going to be a steal by the end of the year, this upcoming year. And if you can go and make that trade, Go ahead and go do that because Javante Williams, he'll be back by week A's from what we're from what somebody is saying on Twitter. You know, I, I trust those guys because I don't know the medicals like that. So there's people on Twitter that I do trust, and I'm never gonna give you injury advice because I have no clue what the hell is going on. But I know it does take a while for these guys to get going. So I'm tempering expectations, but I know he will be ready week eight to get crushing the league. What is better, bully mentality or dog mentality? Mm. Dog. Probably dog, but bully is pretty damn good, too. There's this shirt that I'm going to get for pork. It shows like an x-ray <laughs> of someone's chest, and then it's got a little dog just standing there. It says, I got that dog in me. I feel bad because I have a t-shirt with pork in a submarine. <laughs> so I, I actually wore it the other day, and I was like, oh, damn, this is kind of bad. Uh, I don't know if I should wear this anymore, but I feel like well, I got to bring it out. I, that the expo has got to come out at some point. Right? It was military grade, so it made it pretty good. Um, we're hype about the expo, and we're also hype. I feel weird saying hype, by the way. I'm almost 40, and I'm losing yeah, my hair. But a lot. Here we are. Talking about Sky Moore, he is receiving high praise from Andy Reid, saying 
end I quote. Sky was one of the higher targeted receivers. He had close to the most catches. I think he's taking a good jump. The quarterback trusts him. Quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, for those of you who don't know. Is this smoke and mirrors? I mean, is there a potential buy low window here? Are any Chiefs wide receivers worth buying into? I mean, we got guys out there. We got Kadarius Tony, who people are predicting a career year for. And, you know, just take into consideration when you hear things like career year for a player, career year might not be that great. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, as we said, Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, and Richie James. And by the way, Nate, Cornell Powell, still on the roster. But we also got Justin Ross, um, who was a, a UDFA favorite from last year, missed last season with an injury. And so, you know, Bob put this show sheet together, and he's got a really good point. Are any of these wide receivers worth buying into? I got to be honest with you. I think I'm willing to just fade all the Chiefs wide receivers. I've been saying something, and I'm sticking to it. I'm willing to be wrong on a player. If it means I'm not paying over what I think fair value is, the problem is selling Sky Moore is going to be hard because you had to draft him in the first round. I don't think you can get a first-round draft pick for him. So, unfortunately, I'm either not buying or I'm holding until his value can go to where I think it should be so you could at least get some return on your investment. And then I would move on. Chev, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think you just hang on and hold on tight to this guy and just hope something comes up where, you know, this does come to fruition of what Andy Reid's saying. We want to, we will hope that Sky Moore does something, but we've seen this Chiefs offense just run through Travis Kelsey. And then there's just a bunch of other dudes that get the ball slinged around to him the whole rest of the game. Juju Smith Schuster last year had a pretty good season, but I don't know if Sky Moore is ready to take that leap and be that, that great in that offense. It wasn't a, an incredible year, but it's a year where if Sky Moore does anything close to that, you're very happy. But I really can't predict anything in that Chiefs offense other than Travis Kelsey being dominant at this point because yeah. you're just hearing so many things about, oh, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's doing great things in camp. They just drafted a guy, Rasheed Rice. Mm-hmm. I honestly have no clue who's going to be that alpha guy at the wide receiver position to help out Travis Kelsey this year. Somebody's going to do it, but at this point, I am not willing to take the risk and go buy really any of these guys unless I can get it for cheap. We'll say this. The Chiefs, for as good as they are up front, they don't have a ton of super reliable depth. I mean, you look across mm-hmm. the board, and especially after Patrick Mahomes, it goes to Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> now, I will tell you this. If they get down to their fifth-string running back, they're going to be doing okay. I'm like P. Ryan. But, Nate, what Ooh. are you doing? He's still around, baby. What are you doing with Sky Moore? So with Sky Moore, um, I'm not buying Sky Moore. I'm not necessarily sell- selling Sky Moore either because I think there's opportunity there in the Chiefs mm-hmm. offense. But I think for him to match the current expectations just seems – well, not that the current expectations are high, but to go and buy in, he's going to have to you know, show something that we haven't seen from the Chiefs wide receivers over the past couple of years. Um, you know, since Tyreek Hill left just last season, you know, it was kind of – Filling in with multiple people. There wasn't just a replacement for Tyree Kill. It was just, we'll just have a couple wide receivers just compliment Travis Kelsey and see where we go. You know, Sky Moore was a day two pick last year. They had another day two pick this year. I don't think Sky Moore is set up for a ton of success. I think he's going to be somewhat productive, and I don't mind having him on my team. But I think to get him right now, you get to pay at least like a 24 second to get him. I don't feel comfortable making that kind of deal. Um, I would absolutely move a 24 third for him, but I think we're going to need more than that uh, to get him. 
Um, some sure. players that are going, you know, kind of after him that I would rather have Marvin Mims. Um, I feel more confident about the talent of Marvin Mims. Also, sure. if you need a tight end, I really like um, Evan Engram um, as a productive tight end right now that you can get for Sky Moore. And then at running back, I'd much rather have my guy tank. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Wouldn't think that, that you would want tank, Nate. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're all kind of on the same page about Sky Moore here. I just think it's going to be super unpredictable with uh, the Chiefs' yep. offense as far as wide receivers go. Mm-hmm. Better for the NFL than fantasy, unless it's best ball. Let's talk about our man, Romeo Dubs. So he's getting hype from Matt LaFleur and beat reporters. It's important to get hype from your head coach. I know Sky Moore was. It's going to make me sound a little hypocritical here, but we'll get to that. He is quoted as saying, I think Rome has done a nice job of really making that next step, running violent routes and being aggressive with his hands. Again, that was quoted by head coach Matt LaFleur. And this next quote is Rom Davosky. He is a Packers insider. And Bob says he could vouch. This guy is very plugged into the Packers building. Again, extremely important. He's quoted as saying, Romeo Dubs has seemingly become Jordan Love's go-to guy. So we were all wondering who is Jordan Love's go-to guy going to be. Looks like this could be it. He is a second-year player, too. I understand that Christian Watson is as well, but he was injured for some last year. So given Christian Watson's stellar performances last year and the additions of Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft, do we believe in Dubs finding a larger role, one worth rostering, and having in your lineups some weeks? I'm going to tell you that I'm in. Now, why would I be in on a fourth-round pick and not a second-round pick? This guy more was a second-round pick, right? I think so. Nate, think so. Nate's going drunk guy criminal pick here. Yeah. Oof. Well, Nate's going to come back to there us. There he is. There he is. There he is. But um, and it, the reason is value. The mm. fact of the matter is, in this offense, there is a possibility that – Romeo Dubs, given the opportunity, can per- outperform Sky Moore in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Does that sound crazy? Yes. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? It's likely. It could happen. He could be the go-to guy. We know, uh, I almost said Jackson Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' <laughs> go-to guy is Travis Kelsey. We, we know that. So I'm definitely holding Romeo Dubs. I have Romeo Dubs shares. I'm not moving him. I would start at a 24 third to try to get him. I don't know if it gets it done. Um, I would try to package up multiple thirds. I'd be comfortable with like a 25 second. You know, if I could push my picks out as far as I can, I would love mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would try to work out some players. Like I would be interested in even moving a guy like Van Jefferson um, for Romeo Dubs if I could. I do actually think that there's a possibility that this offense is better than the Rams offense this year. I don't know. Gotta Ooh. believe in Matthew Stafford. He's getting old. He's getting old and crepit, as my father-in-law would say. But Nate, what are you doing with Romeo Dubs? I'm selling Romeo Dubs. This is this is a little ridiculous, I think. Um, you know, Dubs, I like Dubs. He's he's fun. Christian Watson's there. Jaden Reed's there. I'm a huge Jaden Reed fan. Luke Musgrave is there. Heck, they even got Tucker Craft. You know, they doubled up the tight end position. Uh, they even Wicks. Yeah, so many weapons for Jordan Love were added. And, uh, you know, as much as I believe in Jordan Love's ability to come in and play at an NFL level, do I think he can hold three, four uh, players up as top fantasy producers? No. No, I do not think so. Um, so, Romeo Dubs, he's going to have to be the one or the two. 
Not sure I really believe that he's going to be that kind of guy this year for the Packers. And where his value is right now, he is currently the wide receiver 47 on keep trade cut. Wide receiver 47. You wonder who the wide receiver 46 is? Tyler Lockett. That's insane. Tyler that's cool. Lockett. First of all, that's criminal that Tyler Lockett last is that year. Wide receiver that's, 13 that's last year. Criminal that Tyler Lockett is that undervalued. Yep. Every year. Yep. And at the tight end position, right above Romeo Dubs, you got Darren Waller, who I know this, there's some injury concerns, but if he's healthy, the production is off the charts, uh, especially compared to what Dubs is going to do uh, in, in Green Bay. So I think this is a prime selling opportunity. If you go and keep trade cut, you see that he's moved up 29 spots in the past week. You know, he is definitely a riser right now. This is a sell window. Let's take mm-hmm. advantage of it. If we can get a second round pick, 24, 25, I don't care. I'd be more than happy with it. Some of those other players, like I mentioned, like Tyler Lockett, uh, like Darren Waller. I will take those guys. Marvin Mims, who I mentioned earlier. I'll take Jaden Reed. You know, I, I do like uh, Tyler Lockett because there's a there's a situation where Tyler Lockett, they move on from him after this year. What if Tyler Lockett goes to somewhere like the Dallas Cowboys? Sure. They move on from Brandon Cooks. That would be a fantastic scenario for him to That'd go somewhere good. like that. Tyler Lockett's not going to be good for just this year. He's going to be good for a couple of years yet. So in that circumstance, if I could move on from Dubs and get Tyler Lockett, even if I had to do Dubs in a little bit, I would mm-hmm. definitely do that. We know what he can do. We've seen it consistently year in and year out. Chev, where are you at on this, my friend? I also want to just say one thing. How have the Green Bay Packers not signed Carson Wentz to be Jordan Love's backup yet? Yeah. I because mean, if Jordan Love gets hurt, you are going to Sean Clifford. Oof. That might be the move. Who knows? Like, Could be. Do it. So, Brock um, Purdy 2.0 coming in hot. Shane, Sean Clifford. I'll tell you what. Kidding. How about this? If Sean Clifford wins four games as a starter, as a rookie, I will buy a Sean Clifford jersey. Deal. Yeah. Sold. You can do All it. Right. Chev, I know you hate talking Packers, but what are you doing with Dubs? I'm selling as well. I just think this is a prime selling window. Where the where he is going at right now is criminal at this point. You got to sell him at this point because you're not gonna. You could get more value. I think he's a good player. I think there's possibility to get some some good games in there at Green Bay, but. I'm just not buying the hype at this point. I want to – Christian Watson's going to be the dude. I don't see how in any other circumstance it's not him. Maybe he, maybe Debs comes out and surprises us, but I'm not seeing it. I think Christian Watson is the guy there. I am selling him at this point. I cannot have him on my team, especially if I can get him for anywhere around those guys. That's great. Also, the Packers now have Bo Melton on the roster, I see. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Love that. Chev, question for you. Would you take Romeo Dubs in a startup? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I Usually I try to go a lot of wide receivers to start off. So at that point, I'm probably just trying to piece together some running back situation. But 
I mean, if it's later in the draft, dart throw, sure, let's give it a shot. But it's not somebody I'm just going to reach for where his ADP, ADP is at at this point, it sounds like. Do you think there's a good guide that would tell you where exactly to draft Romeo Dubs? Yeah, I think I might know one. I think uh, our guy Bobby Van came up with one. And, uh, you know, if you do struggle with Dynasty Startups, here we go. We have that startup draft guide for you. And if you're not proud of being bad, now's your time to go get it. We have this startup draft guide from Bob Van Duzer. You can learn what strategies and mindsets lead to a successful dynasty startup and what common mistakes to avoid along the way with our new Dynasty Rewind, Dynasty Startup Draft Guide. Our very own Bob Van shares his insights on how he attacks his startup drafts from before the draft even starts to when the draft is over and done with. Over 5,000 words of strategic advice spread over 38 pages. That's right, not 37 pages. 38 pages of beautiful content brought to life by Sean Fournier. Get your copy today at payhip.com backslash Dynasty Rewind and dominate your next Dynasty startup draft. That's right, dominate. I will say this too, that is on, like Chef mentioned, that is on Payhip. We have other great stuff on Payhip as well. Pardon me. Get your team audited. You could do rookie draft consultations. We do have the two guides, rookie draft guide and the startup draft guide. The rookie draft guide will always be on there. You can even in two years, you'll be able to purchase the 2023 rookie draft guide. Uh, We're going to leave it on there. Of course, after that point, it will be severely discounted. We're not going to charge you full price for a rookie draft guide in two years. Um, But hey, listen, there is one other thing I just want to mention to you guys. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Every month we put out discount codes for our gold tier. Um, So right now, let's see. I have a screenshot of it. I should have had it up. I'm sorry. So July promo codes, uh, 10% off all products with that code. And you get 33% off the rookie draft guide if you sign up. But that is for our, Hmm. uh, our patrons right there. So make sure you definitely sign up. You definitely check it out. You will not regret it. We have a lot of good stuff there. So Nate is going to be joining us back here for a second. Nate, are you having some internet connectivity issues tonight? I sure am. I sure am. Damn, you are getting everybody. (laughs) You are back and you came back at a good time. So let's get into our fourth scenario. So Traylon Burks is playing at a different speed and looking noticeably leaner this offseason after he was being dubbed as morbidly obese last offseason. I didn't say that. I did. You're welcome. We can all agree that Burks' rookie season left a lot to be desired. Between early conditioning issues, missing games due to injury, and a lack of overall production, Burks' rookie season left a bad taste in some people's mouths. One could argue, too. Let's also not forget, there was some quarterback inconsistency last year there as well. Ryan Tannehill did not play all the games. Malik Willis showed why he should not have been drafted highly as a quarterback. But one could argue, too, that Burks was never put into a position to succeed given his skill set and was placed in a cookie-cutter role, so Tennessee is a new offensive coordinator. Will things be any different? Tim Kelly, he was the offensive coordinator in Houston for the Texans, not the college, from 2019 to 2021, before being let go and brought in as the passing game coordinator in Tennessee last season. Now he's the, he's the offensive coordinator. Nate, you have been a Traylon Burks stan, from said that is called, based on an Eminem song. Never heard of him, but you've been the Traylon Burks guy. So tell me, 
you're probably holding because you have some shares, I'm assuming. But if you mm -hmm. don't, what are you doing? Yeah, if I don't have Traylon Burks, I think now is a fine time to go ahead and Deep. pick him up. Pick mm -hmm. him up because there, there's not much competition there for Burks this year. I mean, Kyle Phillips might be his biggest competition. Um, exactly. Or, or Chig at the tight end position. So Burks is the obvious wide receiver one in Tennessee. Tannehill is back, but he has some pressure behind him between Levis and Malik Willis, question mark. Either way, uh, Traylon Burks, with Tim Kelly coming in, I expect this passing game to be a bit better than last year, especially if they don't have Malik Willis throwing the ball. Um, you know, this, this team is going to get back to those deep crossers, those post routes off of play action, um, you know, having a bit more of a identity at the offense. They didn't really have much of identity last year at offense, mm -hmm. um, dealing with injuries, dealing with, uh, you know, having a very young and inexperienced wide receiver core going into this year, they should have a more cohesive offense. And while I don't think it's going to be one of the top offenses in the league, there is not much you know, room out there that, that Burks isn't taking up. He's got plenty of room for himself. You know, he's going to have a good target share. He's going to be fine. I don't think he's going to be a top 12 producer, but I think he's going to do enough for us that we're going to be excited about him uh, throughout this year. So I'm definitely going to go out there. I'm willing to buy Traylon Burks. I'm willing to throw a 24 first round pick out there for Traylon Burks. He's a wide receiver, one of the Titans. I think there's value in that. Nate, before we move on, um, the 24 wide receiver class. I mean, you obviously can't guarantee that you're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. But mm -hmm. after that, are you willing on missing out on any of those prospects to get Traylon Burks? Yeah, uh, just about all of them. I'd rather have Burks at this point still. Um, Amika Igbuka out of Ohio State, who's probably the wide receiver two next year. Uh, I, I might take him over Burks, especially like in a PPR format because he's going to be playing out of the slot. But I still really like Burke's ceiling. I like his potential. I like what he can grow into, kind of that DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown kind of style, uh, outside receiver. I, I like that potential still, and I still think he has it. Yeah, and of course, like I said, we would all probably rather take Marvin Harrison Jr. over Traylon Burks. That's not yeah. guaranteed. Unless you're getting the 101, he could be like Bijan next year, where Superflex or not, I think he's kind of the consensus 101. Nate's absolutely right about something here, and I agree with you on all points. I also think if you spend a 2024 first, given DLF's current uh, valuation, you could get Traylon Burks and like a late round pick, like a fourth or some sort of throw in player, uh, something like that. But looking at the Titans depth chart, there is no competition. Mm -hmm. Aside, Chig, I think, might be the only guy for char targets. We've got Nick Westbrook, Akeen, Kyle Phillips. And then after that, it's just a lot of question marks. Although, Nate, Reggie Roberson's hanging out there as oh. the. Uh, Hey, my man, Reggie. Outside wide receiver. So um, he's there. But after that, it's just it's a whole, whole lot of nothing. Um, so I really think that he is the guy. I'm willing to pay the 24 first. I'm willing to miss out on all those other wide receivers as well. I don't have any shares. Um, I kind of think it might take more than that. I think people are in, to be honest with you, Some especially are. hearing this hype. Yep. So, But if you make any trades for uh, Traylon Burks, we'd love to know. By all means, Chev, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm buying him as well. I mean, the opportunity is just too great to not go after him at this point. We rookie seasons, you're not going to have the best year every single year. It's hard to do it, and you don't have that offense, that quarterback that is getting you the football consistently and in good spots. And the offense was just running through Derrick Henry. Things can change, and I think it changes this year. I think Traylon Burks has great opportunity and great talent. 
We forget this guy is just a freak of an athlete. Looking forward to what he can do this year. I'm not going to add too much. You guys said a whole lot of good stuff there. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next one. Dalvin Cook, the man without a team. You could also, I guess, put DeAndre Hopkins in that. Kind of surprised that neither of those guys have signed yet, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, it's the middle of July. Here we are. Uh, but anyway, he's rumored to be between the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. How do we feel about Dalvin Cook with the Jets? What does this do to Brees Hall's value? We buying or selling either running back? And then uh, same thing with the Dolphins. What did this do to Dalvin's value as well as working back to Von A. Chain? Can't forget about Savannah Med too, hanging out down there in Miami. You gotta talk about our boys, right? Yeah, yeah. Our boys. So Nate, run us through both of these scenarios and what you are doing. Yeah, if Dalvin Cook goes to the Jets, you know, obviously that does impact uh Brees Hall. I think it might be at that point more insurance for the beginning of the season. But Dalvin Cook's Dalvin Cook, even though he's aging veteran, he's still one of the mm-hmm. top running backs in the league. So him coming in, certainly not a good thing for Brees Hall. Um who was still very productive last year in, you know, smaller sample size of snaps. So I don't think, you know, he it's like Brees Hall would no longer be startable. I think Brees Hall will still be startable. He'll still be hitting, you know, 13, 14, 15 points per game, but that's going to decrease his ceiling from, you know, being that top five running back when healthy, you know, the volume just probably won't be there if, if Dalvin cook is there. So, Going to have to knock down Brees Hall a little bit in my rankings. Don't I don't really feel like this affects him too much dynasty-wise because mm-hmm. I don't think Cook is going to be signing um, anything more than a two-year deal, and I expect it to probably be a one-year deal based yeah. on how we've seen this uh, market play out so far. If he goes to the Dolphins, I like this spot a lot more because, you know, A-Chain, I like what he brings, but in a role, not as a workhorse running back. He will complement Dalvin Cook very well, actually, um, as that – uh, faster kind of scat back as opposed to Dalvin Cook. You could handle more of that inside work. Um, A-Chain, not a bad runner himself, but I think splitting the volume with Dalvin Cook would actually help A-Chain's efficiency out. I think this would be best case scenario for both of these players as Dalvin Cook would have a clear path for volume and efficiency as well as uh, Devon A-Chain. Yeah, you know, for me, of course, we'd have to push breeze down a little bit but uh, i think it seems more likely that he would sign with the dolphins if you look at what the jets have behind breeze hall michael carter who we've seen be productive they drafted israel bonaconda and zonovan knight who was productive at the end of last season as well when he was filling in for an injured breeze hall Mm -hmm. so i will say this that i think the jets super bowl window this sounds really weird to say is uh closer than the dolphins super bowl window is um but I think it's unlikely that the Jets make a move like that. They spent a lot of money in this offseason already getting Aaron Rodgers in there. Um, that being said, I'm more concerned if he goes to the Dolphins, especially with what you had to pay to get Devon A. Chain. You know, we're talking taking him in the back end of the first round or um, early in the second in certain circumstances. So it obviously knocks him down a little bit. The only thing I could say is if you have Dalvin Cook right now, you just got to hold him. Yeah, that's it for sure. I'm not yeah. trying to move him because you're going to lose value and no one's going to take what you want to offer to buy him. Chef. Yeah. I mean, you have to hold him at this point. I hope he goes to the dolphins. I think that's a better path of success. And I think you get more value if you can trade him. If he goes to the dolphins, if he goes to the jets, I think it's going to be a lot murkier than you'd want. And it's going to be really tough to sell him. I think just having Brees hall, that kind of talent there. I know he's coming off an ACL, but 
Brees Hall is a stud muffin. He's a guy that was a top five running back. There's no reason to move him, I don't think, but Dalvin would murky that scenario up. But, you know, I think I think Miami's a lot closer to a Super Bowl than the Jets, in my opinion. I think their defense is more ready to go, in my opinion. So I would take Dolphins over the Jets at this point. Obviously, you have Rodgers at QB, which is definitely an upgrade. But I don't know. I think I think Miami's ready. I think they're ready to compete. All right. Well, Zach just punched the wall hearing that. Very happy. But let's move on to our last type scenario. Kenneth Walker versus Zach Charbonnet, one of the biggest shocks of the draft. Seahawks beat reporter was quoted as saying that he expects Walker to see 17 touches per game. So that would actually match his average of touches per game from last season. So we're talking about staying the same. This led to a mid running back two finish in PPR. He was running back 18. He had nine rushing touchdowns, but Zach Charbonnet continues to receive praise from Pete Carroll. Zach does everything well. He is just a complete, complete player. What are we doing? If you have one and not the other, I mean, are you willing to trade for one piece, get the handcuff and see what happens? Let it sort itself out. What what are we doing? Chev, let's kick it back to you. Yeah, I absolutely hate this. This was the worst pick in the NFL draft for fantasy football, in my opinion, just because we wanted to see Zach Charbonnet get that opportunity to be a three down back. And we're just not going to see it to start off unless we see injury. You know, I wouldn't mind going and getting both of these guys. I think it's going to be a little tougher if you have Zach Charbonnet and you don't have Kenneth Walker. I think Charbonnet is an easier person to get at this point. But, you know, with Charbonnet news going to Seattle, Kenneth Walker's price went way down from what it was after his rookie season. I am probably just staying away at this point. If I have one, great. If I don't have the other one, that's okay. Um I don't know. I just hate the scenario. I think they're both going to complement each other really well. I just don't think I know exactly who's going to be that alpha dog by midseason. So, Chev, I will tell you one thing. You are absolutely right. Um, Zach Charbonnet is the easier of the two to get right now based on current DLF values. Mm -hmm. Kenneth Walker's values, surprisingly, is still 381.5, which is that of a 2024 first-round pick. Plus, meanwhile, Zach Charbonnet's is 111.2. Although I will say I've seen, especially in Scott Fishbowl, uh, the live draft in Philly, Kenneth Walker going pretty late. We're talking anywhere between the ninth and 11th round based on some drafts. And in that case, in a startup, I have no problem rolling the dice and taking that shot there on him because we do have to prepare ourselves that the days of the bell cow, they're kind of long gone. Mm -hmm. So if that's the value of getting on Kenneth Walker, I'm all about it. If I could throw a 24 second at somebody and get Kenneth Walker, I'd be okay with that. Of course. Mm -hmm. Nate, you disagreeing? Oh, I mean, look, Kenneth Walker, you know, if we project him out for a, you know, similar finishes last year, like RB 18 or something like that, I think that's, that's pretty reasonable. I don't think he really has top 12 upside anymore with mm-hmm. Zach Charbonnet being there. Um, yeah. I could see a world where both these guys are top 24 running backs, like say, you know, running back 18 and Charbonnet is in there like 22, something like that. I could see a world yeah. like that because, you know, Pete Carroll might want to run the ball, but they got JSN as well. <laughs> so they got three wide receivers that they want to throw out there. They have two running backs they want to run the ball with. It's just not adding up where there's enough, you know, volume for these guys to be top fantasy producers. So at this point, I think all of them 
you know, both Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet just lacked the upside because of volume, you know, mm-hmm. notwithstanding any injuries that might happen, you know, that obviously changes the game if one of these guys gets, you know, a full workload themselves. But, you know, neither of these guys, I think, are the correct value right now. Um, yeah. You know, Kenneth Walker's still high in some leagues, some low in some leagues. You know, if you can get him, um, you know, for 2024 first, I, I don't actually hate that too much. Um, you know, I think he's a safe floor running back. If you have RB2, uh, maybe mm-hmm. you need some RB depth on your team. But I think you can do better with your pick most likely unless you're a highly competitive team, and that's going to be a late-round pick. If you have Kenneth Walker and need Zach Charbonnet, I don't hate that either. If you can move a guy like Alexander Madison, Cam Akers to get a stud running back, a uh, young running back like Zach Charbonnet, I'm okay with that. But at the same time, he's going around the same place as Miles Sanders, um, Amari Cooper. Uh, I'd rather have those guys on my team than Zach Charbonnet. It really yeah, yeah. becomes, you know, I think the value, it could be good. It could be bad. It's kind of in this middle ground where Zach Charbonnet is expensive in some circles, cheap in other circles. Um, if you can get him for one of those running backs, I don't feel confident about. I like Charbonnet's long-term value better. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll he'll get his at some point. It's just it might not have that ceiling that we might have hoped for before the draft. Yeah. All right. So that is gonna wrap it up. Nate, love what I'm hearing from you. We're going to close it out right there. Just want to remind everybody if you're going to any sport or any sort of event, concert, game, whatever, seekgeek.com, use promo code Dynasty Rewind. You get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Do it now. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. As I mentioned before, you get discounts on our PayHip store. Get unrequited access to us. Is that the right word? I don't know. You get access to us 24 hours a day when we're not sleeping. Get access to us. You can DM me anything you want. Can't forget about Underdog. Play some best ball with Dan. He would love that right now. Use promo code Rewind for 100% match on your first deposit of up to $100 or more. Check out PayHip. We got a lot of good stuff there. PayHip.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. So, until next time, for the birthday boy, Nate Christian, and the co-host, Shevin Nooney, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Nate's almost 30.